Welcome to Taking Back Birth, a podcast for women who know the truth about birth and those who want to explore the path of radical birth love. I'm your host, Marin Green. Taking Back Birth celebrates the power you have to make decisions in alignment with your own truth. Decisions not subject to anyone else's authority. Decisions that create experiences that will change your life. Taking Back Birth is a production of the Indie Birth Private Contract Association and IndieBirth.org. No material on this podcast should be considered medical advice. Birth is not a medical event. Well, hello, everybody. Uh, Margo's sitting here with me on my bed. Reminded me of talking about Arrow's birth. But (laughs) we're going to be talking about Rumi's birth today. And I don't know. There's a new guy in town. It's true. So, where do we start? I don't even know where to start. Hmm. Well, we released his birth story today on the blog, so if you haven't read it, then that would be good if this were to make any sense to you. Uh, IndieBirth.org slash forward slash Soul. R-U-M-I-S-O-L. Uh, so it's quite lengthy, and I think I'm not going to retell the tale because it's all there in pretty good detail with some amazing photos. Um, But the gist is, of course, we would have loved for him to come out right here on the floor or wherever, but that was not the plan. And so we went to the hospital, which in some ways I never thought I would do. And in other ways seems not like a big deal. And I don't know, it depends how I think about it. Mm-hmm. I think about it like a midwife or a birthing woman or I don't know. It's kind of everything in my brain at the moment. But we're only three days postpartum, so. Still pretty fresh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For people who maybe don't know, what number baby is this for you? Right. So this is our 10th baby. And our first was born in the hospital. So I've done that. And that was on purpose (laughs) and then the rest have been born at home and so here we are again with another Scorpio baby like the first another November baby like the first and another hospital birth like the first yeah that's so interesting I don't know if this is like the best place to start the podcast but since the question popped into my head like you said it feeling kind of like not that big of a deal yeah do you feel like it would have felt like a bigger deal at other points in your birthing years? Hmm. That is a good question. Probably. And I guess I've had that experience in a sense. I mean, Rune wasn't born at the hospital, but he was a transport after birth. And yeah, it was just at a different point in life. He'll be 12. So it was quite some time ago. And that felt really traumatizing. So the fact that he was born at home and then transported didn't really even matter because it was very traumatic. The way he came out looking and then the response of the midwife that we had, um, it took me many years to like process that. And yeah, the transport was kind of like the best part because there was nothing wrong with him, kind of like roomy and we just came home. But it was really hard to work through that. So I don't know. This might have felt a lot worse 
at that point in my life, if maybe I had, I don't know what it is, like just different confidence or whatever. I mean, at this point with Rumi's birth, I know what my body can do and I know what it feels like. And that's a really amazing gift of having so many babies. But I knew it wasn't normal for me. And so I guess I'll always ask myself the question, you know, could it have happened here? And I think the answer is definitely yes, but it's not the choice that I made. And I think it was ultimately the best for him. Um, If for no other reason, then it seemed like it's what he wanted. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I wouldn't have been as willing to listen to that years ago, you know? Say more about that. Um, Well, I mean, I think there is a fair amount of like our pride and ego involved, especially as midwives. Mm -hmm. Like, I think I've always had that thought, you know, I need to have a nice birth and I need to have an easy birth because women are expecting me to. Yeah. (laughs) And if, you know, if I can't, if I can't do that, what am I expecting of them? And I think that's a really immature perspective, but makes sense at some point in life. And I just don't feel like that anymore. I feel like we can do all we can do as women and as midwives, we're helping women like clear out their shit and get as confident as they can. But yet there's still the part that there's another person involved. And I think it's really arrogant. And I mean, I've been there, I think, thinking like, oh, well, we can control it, you know, more than we can if we just do this thing or, you know, whatever. But I think a baby has what they need too. And sometimes, you know, it's to be born by cesarean, whatever, Mm -hmm. for whatever reason. And I feel like people have always asked me that, like, well, how do you know, how do we rationalize that? Well, in the same way that they have what they came here to do. And so I felt like for him in his birth, when we heard his heart tones, you know, sound not good to either of us. It wasn't really a matter of trying to rationalize why I thought I should stay here. I might have in the past, you know, Mm -hmm. and I could see having gone down that now, but that wasn't actually what happened. You know, like I thought, well, we should have just where we could have listened more or tried different positions. But I knew in that moment, like what he was asking me to do. So, yeah. Do you want to say more about that? I don't know how in detail you want to I'm sure people are wondering, like, what did that decision look like? Was it like right. an instantaneous thing? Was it? Right. Yeah. Um, yes and no. I had been listening throughout the whole bunch of days of like this wonky labor and of course prenatally. So I felt confident about connecting with him in that way Mm -hmm. and not just what I heard with a number but like how that feels when you listen Mm -hmm. and you can just kind of get a sense especially with your own baby like are they okay you know what are they trying to tell you are they sleeping are they whatever Um, and so I had listened earlier in the night and it sounded like his normal and every time I listened I felt so reassured Mm -hmm. I was like this is fine there's nothing wrong because I had had this like sort of ominous feeling the whole time well, that just, the whole... well, kind of the whole pregnancy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But especially in the labor with the waters open and, you know, labor just stopping for a whole day, I had to keep reassuring myself. Nothing is wrong. It's just, 
nothing's wrong right now, right? It's fine. And every time I listened, I felt like happy. And I was like, oh, okay, he, he knows this is good. And I know this is good. So we had that basis. It wasn't like I just picked up a fetoscope for the first time, <laughs> you know, right. at that crucial moment. So at that crucial moment, when I did get it out of the drawer and I had been pushing for an hour and a half, um, I put it down right where I know he always has been, which was another thing because he still hadn't sort of rotated out of mm-hmm. where he had been for days. Yeah. yeah. And that was another thing I had been listening for, of course, just like, is anything changing? And it wasn't. It was always still like all the way on my side, my right side. So I put it down where I knew he always was and always had been. And I heard like, I don't know, you you might argue with what I what it was when we counted it. No, not argue. But like, I just I was like 60. Like that's it was a slow adult pulse. It was slow. Yeah. It was a slow adult po- pulse when his is normally in the 150s. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And you knew immediately. Like, it was like a few seconds. And you sort of like. Yeah. I can't remember exactly what you said, but you said something like, Mario, it's not good. No. And I, like, when I looked at you, I was just like, oh, God. Like, yeah. and I saw the whole thing, like, unfolding from there in, like, that second, which was, yeah. like, so scary. And I mean, I saw all the versions, like I saw just going and that like, I saw him not making it. But I feel like I also did take a breath and you were like, let's get the Doppler. And I had like a couple minutes and I remember going into the bathroom and just breathing and saying like, you know, I trust you. I trust you. And I also just said, you know, I trust my body. But in that moment, that didn't mean that it would do what I wanted. You know, and I think that's like a whole other topic is somehow thinking that if we just keep trusting that bad things like don't happen. Because I literally like felt, (laughs) oh, is that hard? Is that hard to hear? Yeah. I literally like could feel in my body that it wasn't right and it was going to be my head that just kept going right. you know like it was very clear and when we're when we're like in midwife role we try and stay in our brain a little bit more you know because we want to be grounded and the voice of reason when someone is sort of flipping out And so I was, like, vacillating between the two places of, like, you know, calm down, just figure this out with just the maternal instinct of, like, I don't want to take this risk. Right. Well, it was such a cool conversation around, like, yeah, does trusting mean trusting what your body's telling you? Or does it mean trusting that your body, like you said, will always do exactly what you want it to do? Right. Because, yeah, you, like, trusted that it was telling you, like, this is not right. Something is not lined up. But I also trusted I was going to get the baby out. I just didn't know when. Right. And that felt really scary because I've never had that feeling. Right. And, of course, like, the obvious is if we hadn't heard what we heard, if I hadn't heard that, I would have just stayed and done what it took. I would have pushed for eight more hours. Right. You know, any, I think any of us would. 
Um, there was nothing else to do. So. Well, you also trusted what he was telling you. Well, it's the only was... time he's ever. Faltered. Yeah, ever sounded. And I mean, I don't wish that on anyone. Like, honestly, even as midwives, we know we call what do we call it? Like just being like totally traumatized by the sound of a Doppler. Mm-hmm. Um, I think most of us have that experience. And sometimes, well, it comes from all kinds of places, even like losses. There's just something about heart tones and what they mean. They're so significant beyond the number. Totally. Like the sound of life mm-hmm. that they either are or aren't communicating. I mean, I think that's like one of our cool, like artistic mm-hmm. skills So, again, it wasn't just the number. It was like, I felt like he was like, help. Mm -hmm. You know, this help. Help help me. So, I went into the bathroom. You got the Mm -hmm. Doppler or whatever. I was just breathing and trying to calm down. And then I think, I don't know, you should say, because I don't remember. But, I mean, we listened a bunch more times. And I, you know, if it had been reassuring, then I guess the story would have not been the story it is. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I remember you listening twice with the fetoscope, like one contraction after one and then after maybe the next one, and it being the same, and then we had Jason go get the Doppler out of the car. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and then listening, and it sounded okay the first time, as I recall, and like the one, but, but still not his normal. It was like 110, 120. Yeah. And then tried laying on your side, like you said, a bunch more times. And then I think, the, you know, the last time before the decision was made was back to, like, 80, 90, something like that. But like you said, what does the number matter? And, and like you had said, too, in, like, midwife brain, we try to stay kind of, like, rational and, like, see the bigger picture. But, you know, there's also the feeling when you're a midwife, too, of, like, Ooh, like, what am I feeling in my body? And is it intuitive or is it fear? Or, or is right. it fear for a good reason? Or, right. you know? So I definitely felt that from you and and him. It was a pretty clear message. Yeah, I did feel fear. And I don't, you know, I think that's, I think it's fine to receive that message too. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, there's just like so mm-hmm. much crossover, yeah, between... Yeah, like what I know and what I was feeling. And I guess I do remember one of the times I listened with the fetoscope, I did hear it kind of like try to recover um, his heart rate. So I don't know what it went back up to. But yeah, uh, I just went back and forth. I mean, there were moments I really didn't know, like if I would make it to the hospital and he'd be okay. I really didn't. I mean, that sounds really dramatic, but that's what I thought Mm because I don't know how long, you know, he was like that, number one, because we hadn't been listening. That's the truth. And how long do you want to have a heart rate of 60? Mm -hmm. And in my own body, I was so much in pain and so out of control, like with every two minute contractions that I couldn't. It's like he and I both just couldn't recover. Right. It was just like a lot. Yeah. Like I was about fried and I just felt like he couldn't take it either. So, yeah. And for people who haven't maybe listened to or seen your previous birth experience, 
where yeah. you literally pushed like for a second. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that would be interesting to people too. Yeah. And then I, I guess that's the other part is of, that's unique is that I've gotten to be with you through so many and I've almost missed all of them. Even when I was in another room is how fast it usually happens. Yeah. So like that was so useful to have that information both for you to have that information about your body and how it usually works and for me to also have that background too yeah yeah and I mean I thought that too I was like maybe you know I'm just a wimp in the sense of like I've not had that challenge like some people all of the babies they have are horribly painful and hard and you know they persevere they push 12 hours I don't know if I'm one of those people (laughs) Seriously, I mean, I really don't. I've never, I've never been that challenged. I mean, there's certainly been births that have been more painful, etc. But yeah, I've always trusted my body. You know, once I hit active labor, it's a couple of hours, and then baby comes out. And you know, that's where a lot of my own trust in the birth process comes from. And I don't think that will change. I just know that there are times and things we can't control when. It doesn't look that way. Um, Cove's birth was so easy. It was insane. <laughs> I didn't even know she was going to come out. Uh, I think you can watch that one at, let's see, it's anybirth.org forward slash full birth of Cove River. You can watch her birth video there. And I have a whole podcast, like, ironically and sort of funny on, like, how it was without pain. And I would totally still stand by that. Yeah. Um, it was. Like brushing your teeth. Yeah, I was literally brushing my teeth and texting my sister and she came out. But, you know, that's Cove. Cove does everything fast and easy and she's never been physically challenged by anything yet in her life. So I don't know how much was me. Maybe I took too much credit. Uh, That was her will and her desire. And I was just along for the ride. So that's another, you know, huge lesson. Um, That wasn't Rumi's lesson. And I don't know, ultimately what this means about his personality or not. Um, He is kind of funny. I don't, I don't know that he, yeah. Like, I don't know that this is a super serious thing really. I mean, I'm totally hormonal and postpartum and, you know, it's definitely emotional to relive birth. I think no matter how it goes, pretty much everyone will sort of cry a tear when retelling their birth story. Um, but like, I have this sense if I like pull back that, yeah, it's like, so not a big deal in the best sense. And that his birth was such a gift to me. And I don't even know how yet. I don't even know like, what will come of kind of what was, I don't know, like, passed on to me through experiencing that. And then of course, you know, the whole hospital thing. Um, but I think it will make a difference of some kind. Yeah, I guess. I know you're not, you're not going to like retell every moment of the story, at least in chronological <laughs> order here. But like, uh, I feel like people would probably be curious just more about what happened when we got there, either with the heart tones or not, or... I mean, I guess people did ask that today. They're like, well, what happened? What happened next? Like, that was the reason for going. Right. In combination with it being really, like, not feeling like it was working. 
Yeah. Um, well, of course, a lot of it is like, we'll never know. And we could imagine all kinds of different possibilities. I do think the ambulance ride there was extremely helpful. Mm -hmm. Um, I was in one position, which was kind of like child's pose with my butt up in the air. Right. And it was all jiggly and the ambulance, you know, took 20, 25 minutes to get there. The longest 20 minutes. Oh my god, I'm sure it was absolutely excruciating for me and long. Um, and every time I had a contraction, I said to myself, like, we're that much closer, we're that much closer. But of course, I was pushing, like, I really was trying to get him out. So, I think that was really beneficial. Um, I have thoughts that if I had stayed home, that it wouldn't have been half an hour, I could be wrong. Yeah, like it could have been several hours or we would have just been like trying all kinds of things, whereas being on a gurney kind of took care of it. Um, but when we arrived at the hospital, the one of the nurses was trying her darndest to get the stupid monitor on. And of course, well, I listened in the ambulance. oh, did you? I don't even remember. Yeah. What did you hear there? I, it was really hard because like you said, it was very jiggly. Yeah. And I like, could not hear what you were saying because you were in this like very quiet, mumbly. Like, yeah, I couldn't place. communicate at all. So I was like, I didn't want to listen if you didn't want me to. So I think I asked you twice. I don't even remember. And the second time, I think you said yes, so I did. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like one ten or one twenty. Yeah. And as best as I could tell, it was really hard to hear. It yeah. Was so loud. Um. And I remember just saying, like, I really think your baby is actually okay. Yeah. No, I do remember you saying mm-hmm. that, and I appreciated it. And I think I started to feel more like that. Yeah. It started feeling a little less scary. Yeah. There was just an element of hope. And like I said in the story, I started to feel like he was moving, Mm -hmm. but I had no ability to communicate. So I wasn't going to say anything to anyone. Um, Yeah. So anyway, we got there. They tried to put the thing on. I think she tried unsuccessfully for a couple of minutes, which was probably fine yeah and once they got it on it was normal it was in the 150s yeah which i actually didn't know what his normal was so when i saw that i said is it doubling i asked the doctor i was like do you think it's doubling it because like we were hearing yeah half that and so but it actually was just well and i think maybe i'm crazy but i think i said to him are you sure that's not my pulse you did and then he felt your pulse. yeah he felt my pulse and he's like well yours is 120 so it's not yeah i was yeah i was in a very yeah altered adrenaline fueled state Mm -hmm. um so yeah that was reassuring and you know truthfully if it had been really bad then the whole story would be probably different unless he had still popped out at that moment but he probably would have not come out in as good shape and he came out in great shape so you know in the end not that this is the end but it's just like you never know you haven't cried at all you must be really understanding your story today thanks for telling us yeah i know you were fine but you maybe didn't feel fine Mm -hmm. it was hard yeah you were so smushed Okay. Yeah. So, right. I mean, and as midwives, we know this too. We don't necessarily know what we're hearing means anything. And how often is it that 
something that sounds ominous isn't and vice versa. Right. And then we hear things that are fine and those babies are not fine. So it's not like it means anything to me in a way. Like, of course, I'm glad he was fine, but it doesn't make me feel like I shouldn't have gone if that's what people are asking. Right. It doesn't because I know what I heard (laughs) when I was here. Yeah. And we don't live across the street from a hospital. So I wasn't willing to let my baby have a heart rate of 60. I just wasn't. And I'm not... I mean, everybody would make, people would make different choices, but I'm glad for the experience I have too. Cause I don't know if you're just like a normal person that doesn't know anything about birth. I mean, I don't even know if you're having a free birth or something like, how do you even know like what you're hearing or like, right. I mean, you still have to go back to like, what am I feeling? Right. So I'm. And I don't know how much you shared about this in the written part, too. I guess you did. Just that he was also really high. I mean, you knew he wasn't coming. Both, like, because you couldn't feel him coming. And, like, feeling inside. Like, he was not coming. Yeah. I was more than discouraged. And that was where the panic feeling was coming from. Um, You know, again, when we're attending births. It would have been different. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I would have just gotten him out. Like, there was no question in my mind that I could get him out, but he wasn't even in my body yet. Mm-hmm. And I was reaching and pulling on all kinds of things. And I mean, like, on the rug, on the, you know, I was trying to get all kinds of traction to bring him down. Um, if I could have reached up there and, like, moved something out of the way myself, I would have. Mm-hmm. But he was super high. So it's almost like, why does the body start pushing at that point? Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, he was high, but I guess not, not unable to also have some kind of like compression, whether it was cord compression or, you know, something was happening to him. He wasn't like mm-hmm. so high that he was unaffected. Right. So I guess that's a question a lot of people seem to have is like, what's the theory on why? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, I don't know what theories you have. I mean, obviously, there was like a malposition of some kind. So, you know, even when I'm adverse, I don't know how we ever totally like name it. Uh You know, I had said that he was playing with his hands a lot and his hands were always in front of his face and next to his face. So that's what I felt, as I said in the story earlier in the night. I literally felt like parts banging against my pubic bone. And when I wrapped my belly in a rebozo, that felt better. And I told him, like, please put your arms next to your sides. You know, and it felt like that worked for a little bit. So that was, like, my first thought. Um, The other is just the obvious, I think, that, like, his head wasn't very well flexed and he was presenting something that was wider than could fit. And maybe also with a hand. Like, I don't know how we'd ever know. Uh, Another thought I've had is it just was some kind of like, if there really is such a thing as like an inlet shoulder dystocia, and it really was a shoulder or something. I mean, like, what would you think with no descent of a baby for that long with someone that's had that many babies? You definitely should have something perk up, your ears perk up, (laughs) or some kind of something should happen because that's that's not normal 
especially if the person's like writhing in pain. So there was something off. What theories do you have? I think you covered them. Well, the waters have been open as, you know, as I wrote for more than 24 hours at that point. Mm-hmm. And well, I mean, that's just another theory ish, just that when the water is open, he really kind of got locked in in a weird spot. Mm-hmm. And I was leaking fluid for so long that he really wasn't in there initially anyway. He couldn't have been. And his head was off to the side. His head was off to the side. Even when the chiropractor was here, right. she felt it as well. And I think we all assumed, you know, what does it really matter? Which I don't think is a poor assumption. And I mean, I generally, I do that too. Like, I'm not going to make a big deal. Mm-hmm out of something that doesn't seem to be like a problem yet. But yet there was something in me that must have known Mm -hmm. because I was totally like obsessing about that in the time I was waiting for labor to start, which, you know, isn't the best emotional state to be in. Um, I was worried about his position. So I don't know. I don't know what came first, the chicken or the egg. Mm -hmm. But I've had... Not only lots of babies, but lots of babies on the right. Lots of babies that love to be posterior in pregnancy. I've never had it be a problem. Mm-hmm. Was there a moment that you felt like he changed position, like on the way, or in the moments before, minutes before? No, it just felt like that puzzle piece like snapped into place. You know, that's the best way I could describe it. Like. It felt just as bad the whole time that we were on our way to the hospital. And then literally the last like 10 minutes at like the peak of the contraction, I could feel that it was actually doing something like he was actually like getting by my pubic bone or whatever. Still pretty slowly. Very slowly. I mean, I wish I had a time stamp on it, but yeah, it's still... Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't have, if you were home and you were, you know, you would have just dealt with it. And even as the midwife, you'd be like, well, that's a very slow descent. Um, but I knew it was happening in my body. And I just was really like praying to everyone and him that he would come out before mm-hmm. anything weird happened. Mm-hmm. So I feel like the next question everybody will have is like, so they started coming out. And, like, how the fuck did that all happen the way that it did? Like, as you can see in the photos, like, your birth photos essentially look like every other birth you've had photographed. You just happen to be up on. I know, it's hilarious. I said it looks like we had a green screen. (laughs) (laughs) Right? It's like every other birth I have, minus the monitor that they still had on my belly. And I didn't give a shit about that. It didn't bother me, believe it or not, at all. I didn't even remember it was on there. And I don't even know when it came off. Like, I have no recollection. That lady was so slow with it. I mean, she was, and she said she, she even said, she's like, I'm just trying to get it on fast. She was very sweet. I almost grabbed the Doppler. I know. Oh, my God. For real. (laughs) What's the whole thing? Well, and that reminds me of just when the only thing I remember the doctor saying. And, I mean, I I won't say he was, he was nice, (laughs) I don't know that he had like the sweetest demeanor that I remember necessarily because I remember him saying like, 
you know, do we know that there's nothing wrong with this baby? Like, where's the sonogram, he said. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, my God, dude. No, I don't know where a sonogram would be for this baby. But just like for that to be the first question, like, what does it matter? The baby still needs to come out. What does it matter if there's something wrong with the baby? Anyway, but I think he was freaked out and he really was awesome. So he was pretty flustered. Flustered, yes. Um, so yeah, I, I was so in my own world. I mean, that is just what it is. I feel like at home I've been so much more present and just like normal. And this was, I was just like kind of somewhere else, but I knew his head was coming. So I think I said something, but I don't think anyone heard me. And then I just felt it like pop out. Like it wasn't even once it was like going to come, it didn't, it wasn't slow. It was just like, bop. And then his head was out. Yeah. Um, and then I don't know. I'm like you wrote in the story. I don't remember exactly how you put it, but like the doctor is the one who. I mean, I did not hear you say it. I believe you that you said it, but I bet it was quiet. Yeah. Like, you had been. Yeah. Um, but he said like, "Oh, well, I guess there it comes or something," and then gestured that I should catch it. Yeah. Which I almost like I did for a second, like put my hands out, and then I was like, "Wait." what am I doing? That's silly. I was like, no, she'll do it. Well, and that was so great of you because I was fine with you doing it too. Like I had no, I needed to, well, but I need, I like, I needed you to remind me like what was happening. (laughs) Like I was having a baby. But then you reminded me to get the camera. (laughs) Well, (laughs) so yeah, you said that and I was so grateful and I like ripped off my dress and like, Which God. I didn't see it, but I was grabbing the camera <laughs> while you whipped your off. And all these poor people were just like, what on earth is happening? I'm sure. Like, oh my God. I wonder if they're, I don't know. I'd be so curious if they're talking about it or trying to forget about it or I'm not sure which. Um, so yeah, I ripped my dress off from home, which reminds me when we first got in, they like tried to give me a gown and I just like ignored them. Like, what on earth? Did not see that part. Yeah, somebody was like, she just kind of like <laughs> came towards me with it. And like, I was not doing any of their bullshit yeah. mask or otherwise. So, yeah, I ripped off the dress and then got in the position, you know, like kind of runner's pose. And um, obviously his head was out and I, I had another contraction and nothing happened. And I remember thinking, they're going to try to do something if you don't get them out. So I like put my hand in there and just, I felt his shoulder on my pubic bone and it wasn't like stuck, but with the next contraction, I just like pressed it down and pulled him out because I wanted it to be me and not them. And he was perfect. I mean, he was gurgly and, you know, kind of out of it and didn't open his eyes and all those things, but he was perfectly fine. And I don't know, like... I remember them trying to throw a towel on him and I like just kind of shrugged them away and, you know, said, thank you. I didn't need it. And I think they just felt how immensely ridiculous they were being like, why, why? I don't know. That's my hope, I guess, is like they felt that that was inappropriate Um, because it was. I didn't need a towel. I didn't need them to give me a towel or a blanket just want to hold your baby. So 
Yeah, it's surreal. I mean, when I keep reflecting on it, as I'm sure you have too, like, it's almost like, did that really happen? But I think it really did. (laughs) I'm pretty sure it really did. And I mean, I guess it did because my best, the memory of it that I have is just that it was me and Rumi. Mm -hmm. And I knew you were there taking photos. I don't remember even looking up to see what you were doing. Like, Mm -hmm. I was just in my bubble and if anything came in, I, I pushed it out. And yeah. that was that. It was amazing. It was so cool to be able to witness. I think, like, the magic words you said were just like, oh, no, thank you. Like, I got it. You know, and that there was really only that one person who seemed to, but she got it. It took her a minute. Yeah. It seemed like the other people got it sooner than her. Yeah. But it must be her job to be the person who hands the blankets. Totally. Puts the blankets on the baby. And you were just like, oh, no, thank you. He's fine. I've got it. And it was just, like, so clear and direct, but also, like, non, like, I don't know, just was, like, so sweet and strong. You yeah. Know? Like, I'm trying to think what words to even use to describe it. So I could feel her kind of be like, what? And then... Got it, and it's just stepped away. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I wanted to be nice to them. I wasn't feeling anything, yeah. like, antagonistic, you know? And I know that's different than a lot of people's hospital stories. I mean, if I had spent a whole labor there, sure. you know, then you do probably end up sort of fighting about things. But this was not that. And I, I say to my clients, you know, if you go there, it's because you want to be there. So you have to remember that, like... None of us in this world of thinking would go there for no reason. So I think there's a certain degree of respect I have just for them letting me be on their table. I mean, as silly as it sounds, like that was the case. I wanted to go. And if I had needed them, they were there. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't ungrateful. Um, And yeah, I just said what I wanted and I didn't want those things. And I think... Whoever this mystery doctor is, we have yet to find out. Um, you know, I mean, I'm imagining his tone very much influenced the rest of them. He was very, I mean, hands off as an understatement. He didn't even, he didn't even try. He didn't even try to touch anything. He no. didn't, he didn't touch me. No. It's yeah. Totally amazing. And like for as flustered as he was, which I, I think <laughs> I can understand why he would be like... <laughs> woman coming in on a gurney pushing a baby out um like i get it like it i feel like he like got calm as soon as he saw the baby was coming yeah and just sort of as you can see in the photos he was just like he kind of watched he like watched slash stood in the corner and looked off into the distance right just totally fascinating Yeah, I mean, I don't even have, like, a strong memory of him. All I remember him doing after that is, I don't know, it felt like he was kind of, like, fluffing his feathers, and he was like, well, you've had a lot of babies, so I just want to make sure you're not going to bleed or something like that. And I don't know what I said, but in my brain, I was just like, you have no idea. I don't bleed. said something like, yes, I know, I know, but that's not a problem for me, or that's not going to be a problem. Yeah. Very clear. Well, and like, it's amazing the weird things that go through your head at like Mm -hmm. sort of big moments in life. Because in my head, I thought, oh, this poor man just has no idea that that's not true. Yeah. It's not true. Not true. 
doesn't matter how many babies you have. You're not going to bleed unless you're going to bleed. So I was impressed he left me alone. Um, I was wishing the placenta had come out sooner, but I just didn't feel it. And it didn't seem like he left angrily. No. He was just kind of like, oh, yeah, she's got this under control. No, totally. And you said you announced to the room, I'm going to do the placenta myself. Yeah. Just something very (laughs) simple. Like, oh, and I'm going to do that part myself, too. Yeah. And then I think he just like left the room for a little while. Yeah, I think he was like hovering outside, and I and I had one moment where I was like, okay, I should just get this done. Yeah. Because um, my placentas normally come so fast, but it just wasn't ready. So it was still relatively fast. I think it was about eighteen minutes. Yeah, but mine are usually like I minutes. Know. Yeah. So. Yeah. So the first attempt didn't really work, and I mean, I knew I was fine, so I just kept on and then yeah then the second time i i really felt it it gave me new insight into even that which is like we try to teach people you know when your placenta is sitting there in your body you will feel it but mine have happened so fast but this time because it probably was sitting there for a little bit oh my god i felt it it felt terrible i don't know how people deal with that it like hurt so well, at the same exact moment, I think he peeked his head in and said, "Like, oh, so how's the placenta or like the bleeding?" And you're yeah. like, "I need a bowl." I know I'm ordering them around. I need a bowl. They're all just looking at me like, "What do they expect me to do with this thing?" <laughs> and so you have a video of that, which I think will be so fun to share because the nurse is like literally just holding she the bowl for me. Like, she was so good. Well, we should go find that lady. We'll recruit her and just tell her how awesome she was. Because I don't think nurses are even, like, allowed most of the time to be in charge of placenta birth. So, yeah. I don't know. And I think he checked on you one more time. Just be like, so, how's everything? All the bleeding? Good? Good? Cool. Guess I'm going home for the night. Yep. That was it. I asked him what kind of cookies he likes. Did he answer you? No, he didn't. It was him and that really cool nurse. Kim. What kind of good Kim? Good old Kim. I was like, what kind of goodies do you guys like? Because I like to bake. Yeah. Make you whatever you want. And she like kind of like sheepishly looked at him. He's like, I need it. Or something funny. Like there must have been some inside something. So I should do that here. Yeah, we gotta track these people down. Even I mean I totally I totally want to, just to say, you know, thank you. Like, thanks for being at my birth. Mm -hmm. I didn't plan it, but thanks. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, once he left, I mean, it felt so peaceful to me. Like I had to laugh because it was so calm. <laughs> my house isn't this calm. So it actually, <laughs> it's like a retreat. <laughs> it was like the best and quietest first postpartum hour I've ever had. Yeah. Cause really, I mean, there, it was the doctor and two or three nurses, the moment of birth. Yeah. And then very quickly, one of them, I never even saw again. And then the other one was kind of in and out. And then he was in and out. It was really just the one lady. Yeah, she was great. Uh, for like minutes after the birth, they were like gone. Yeah, it was very strange. I I wonder if we just entered like a portal and something weird happened. I mean, I just wish I could convey to people. And we talked about this. Like, I think it's just like the energy. Like, that's what was different. Like, 
we could list all the things and I tried in the birth story, like they didn't do this, they didn't do this, they didn't do this. But it wasn't about them even not doing. It was like this air of like, almost like they didn't care, but in the best way. Right. Like, and I don't know if it was because it was your 10th baby or that I did tell them you were a midwife and I told them I was and that you were, you know, planning a home birth. But I don't think that that's what it was. Well, they don't generally have any respect for midwives. So what would it matter? Right. I don't know what it was. I mean, I, from my point of view, if I worked at a hospital, even someone coming in with their 10th baby, I would micromanage and do all the things I had always done. Right. If for no other reason, then that's you just what you do. And they wanted help. And, yeah. yeah. It was very strange. So, I mean, I had to ask for a pad. I got up to pee. No one gave a shit if I was going to get up or not. No one took any vitals on me before I left. Yeah, it, they didn't take any... On you no, at all. Mm-mm. Only in the ambulance. Yeah, it's almost like I wasn't even admitted, and I don't know how that's possible because I use their facility. <laughs> they also asked you if you wanted a birth certificate. <laughs> I'm like, how that's is that so strange. Yeah. yeah. Well, I thought they'd be like required to file that's it there. Mean. I don't know what happened. And I just said, no, thank you. And they said, does he have a name? And I said, Not nope. Yet. They wanted to know if you wanted to cut the cord, but they didn't even ask that right away at all. It mm-hmm. was like probably 10 minutes after the birth. They were like, do you want to? Do you want to clamp? Do you want to clamp? No, thanks. Nope. We'll just bring it all home. I didn't want to like energetically engage in any of their stuff, as weird as that sounds. So you know, it would have been... No big deal, maybe, just to take a, one of their clamps and cut it. But I didn't want to. I wanted to go home with them intact. And, yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, they asked us if we wanted souvenirs. Remember, they gave you a pen? Yes, my boy pen. Yeah, I don't know what else they would have given us. Or, I don't know. They really charge people for those things. Right. I mean, that's the truth. But we didn't even take a diaper or anything. Right. For the baby. He literally went home without a diaper on. Yeah. With his placenta still attached. Yeah. Yeah. They did give us a hospital blanket, which is sort of fun and weird. I mean, (laughs) Amelia was excited because she had the same one from her hospital birth 18 years ago. So So it was a really wild experience and actually just so beautiful and calm. And I don't know. I really like... I could get in my head about it in some moments. Like, I think when I just think a hospital birth, like something about that that phrase. Yeah. And like, it really like, kind of like gets me for a minute and I feel, you know, sort of like bad for just like a second. But then I realize like, that's so limiting the way we talk about births. And I mean, like the way people are in them is not addressed it's like just a matter of what building it happened in what hole it came out and yeah (laughs) it's all so superficial yeah i mean i can't lie he was born at the hospital but it's it's not a hospital birth to me yeah in any other way it's i've had a hospital birth it was not that right like what is like the connotation of it mean and i think that's been such a theme for us for a while and I feel like we've not had the words or it's been so hard to like sort it all out and I feel like his birth will 
be so helpful in clarifying some of it. Yeah. And like what those things, like what baggage they all carry, whether it's hospital birth or home birth or free birth. Like you can't assume anything about about it, which is why it's so cool. I mean, like so many years ago, we were making the How to Have an Indie Birth course. I think we had like a conversation about like, should we change the name of all of this? Yeah. Like, what does indie birth really mean? But I feel like it's come full circle to like, oh, that really is what we mean. It's not. No, it really is what we mean. Incorporated. It's not. No, it's not like. Yeah, it's not a label. It's not independent meaning alone. It's indie meaning like you chose. Even in a hard moment. Well, and. The creative possibilities are much more than we think. Mm -hmm. So no matter what term you want or label you want for your birth, like, are you fully wanting and able to embrace all that it could mean? Or are you limiting yourself? And I think that's like why this story had to happen the way it did. And it had to be me and it had to be him and it had to be you. There's no accidents. Because we've been having these conversations for years and I feel like, you know, like you just said, they've gotten increasingly sort of like heated up because we see how women are hurting themselves by needing to do this. Um, In the end, it's about how you feel about your experience. And if you're bothered by how someone else labels it, then maybe you need to not care too. Well, it's so funny, and maybe it's a separate podcast, but there's two trans boards that I was a part of in the last year that felt really similar. I mean, they were different outcomes and different ways of looking, but, like, in in the end, both of those people, too, were like, I feel so glad about my choice yeah. to go. And so I feel like I've been thinking a lot about, like, my role in, like, is transport failure. Like, oh, my God, my yeah. End and, like, what does that mean about me? And, and it's so hard because there's, like, times that we know there are midwives that transport for ridiculous reasons right. that are not. Or, like, they'll transport when the mom doesn't want to go. Right, right. So it's, like, just adding a whole other layer to something that was already complicated, but it feels like your story and Rudy's story hopefully will bring us all more clarity. Well, it's... Simplify. Yeah, because it's like throwing the baby out with the bathwater, you know, to have this attitude of like, it can only look one way and some are good ways and some are bad ways. Mm -hmm. Whereas what if we spent more time just helping women feel the most powerful they could? Mm -hmm. Because the truth is we don't control it as much as like, I believe we can create our experiences and manifest that's also true but then there's also just the element of like life and death and nature that's a part of birth Mm -hmm. and it would be you know I mean we know we don't control it so it's silly to act like we do so what if you know every woman that finds herself in that situation is more powerful than we think and then who knows what ripples out from that 
maybe that's where like some of the changes in like hospital culture come from. I mean, I don't know that I always care about that in the biggest sense, but you know, yeah, like how much disservice or have we all done to women by making them think, I don't know, like think there's anything to not be powerful about. It's like we're already on the defensive before we've even gotten to the building. Mm-hmm. And we're all like riled up and like defensive and like angry. Yeah. And like we aren't really sure about our choices enough and we're like open to their influence. And anyway, I mean, I know there's a lot of like things to talk about there and we're not going to <laughs> right now, but you know, just in the simplest way, like what if, what if it didn't matter where we were or who we were with? Mm-hmm. And even women having cesareans could feel, you know, this great about the choices they made. And I'm sure some do, you know, but there's also just like a ton of guilt and shame. I mean, even I think bringing this out, right, we were saying today, you know, all comments and and support for Rumi's story has been great and overwhelming. And, you know, but there's always the few. There's always the few that are living their own trauma and want to be defensive and and say things like that's not a free birth I don't really care what you call it (laughs) I mean you know it it was my story and Mm -hmm. I'll call it what I want but if you're uncomfortable with how yours looked or felt then you know yeah well I think that was something that we both have commented on in the last few days is like you had less intervention I mean it's so hard to quantify right but you had less People figure it was an intervention than most home births. Yeah. Like, no one tried the baby out, no one suctioned the baby, nobody listened to the stethoscope, nobody, like, the hatting and the, you know, the overwhelming feeling I felt like in the room. I'd be curious what you thought, but it felt like there was, like, deep respect for you in the process, in, in the process which is, like, bizarre. And, like, we keep being like, well, where did that come from? Other than we must have shown them uh, and like you know even me just like getting the camera and just being com- like I was completely relaxed you were completely just like in the zone yeah like it must have just worn off on the other people being like well I guess we should be relaxed and calm and right fine then too or something like right yeah. what an amazing gift if more women could feel that way and what you've said for a long time and that we talk about is like whether it's midwifery licensure or regulation or even in the hospital like the change has to come from the women saying like this is how it's going to be now actually yeah (laughs) yeah I mean I do I stand by that because those are the ones having the babies so yeah I mean I love what you said and it makes my heart so happy even to believe that could be just a sliver of the truth, you know, which is n- not like me personally, but to be in the presence of like, like the deep wisdom of birth, you know, which I think everybody has, like, I'm sure that doctor has, he's like not an obstetrician for no reason. Right. right? So if we're like, imagining the best version of these other humans it's because they do really care and somewhere in them they have respect for this process 
even if they've never learned how to mm-hmm. have that respect in the protocol and system that they're in. Because it did feel like that. It felt like they understood. That it was no big deal. Once they yeah. knew it was no big deal. Yeah. And I said that in the story. I was like, I didn't feel fear from them. No. Because you can feel fear. And like you said, I think there are more midwives practicing in fear and pulling placentas out and yeah i mean i've been to a good number of birth center births and it felt way less medical and way less fearful than any of the ones that i attended in the birth center as a student yeah yeah well i know something people definitely want to talk about in here and on one hand we could wait and record something else but we rarely got to sit together right so i feel like we should just do it and if people want to stretch my leg people want to stop the podcast and come back later they should do that and consider it maybe a two for one here Um, but people definitely wanted to talk about just like your role in the transport and how you handled it and where your confidence came from and like how everyone can do as good a job as you did is what I think oh boy yeah where should I start? I don't know. Well. I mean, you had to pick up the phone and call, but maybe you have somewhere else you yeah. want to start. Well, technically Jason dialed. Okay. So. That's fine. Yeah. And I, I don't know why I thought he should call, other than I can't ever remember your address. But he told him your address, and then he had to meet a phone. Yeah. He was a little freaked out. Yeah. Poor Jason. Poor man. I know. But, yeah, I think that that first, like, communication can be really crucial. And so, in general, it's just, like, about being calm and clear. So what did you say? What did you tell them? I told them, what did I tell them? I went out on your porch because I felt like if I was standing near you, I would have not been able to, like, focus. I knew you guys would just, like, get it together in here to go. Yeah. And, yeah, I told them that you'd been pushing for a good while without any descent of the baby and that we were concerned about the baby's heart tones and it was like in that moment I had to try and decide like how I was going to like label myself exactly um and so it was like how technical of words do I use or do I act more like a doula like I couldn't quite figure it out so I ended up being like whatever I just want to give them the information in the right way so I was like the baby has like bradycardia, yeah. the heart rate's really low, it's not recovering, um, and yeah, there's been no descent of the baby for the last you know hour and a half of pushing. She's had quick births before. I need to know like how many babies you've had. And this is all over the nine one one call. All over the nine one one, you know, the dispatch guy. Mm-hmm. And I said these are the magic words, which he didn't actually know what I was talking about, but I'm guessing the other guys did. Yeah. Um, and this is something I actually did learn at the birth center, which was still a good experience. Yeah. So that's <laughs> well, that here, true. here it is. Um, you know, I was taught there: if you call, you should say it. This is a lock and load. Uh huh. What does like, that mean? Like pick us up and go. Like you're our ride. Mm-hmm. We don't want you to like fiddle around and try to listen to the baby here. We don't want you to like start an IV here. Like, right, like, right. Get in the that's thing, so smart. Go. Uh huh. Um. So I don't know if that was communicated to mm-hmm. them or not, but it seemed it, like it. It seemed like it. It yeah, barely came in. Yeah, this one guy came in. Sean was that his name? Yeah, he was delightful. Sean at the Sedona 
I don't know what. Yeah. EM, yeah. EMT. Shout out to Sean. <laughs> and he walked in and was like, so what are we doing, guys? Kind of. And I was like, we need to just go. And, and he's like, what do you need? And I was like, we need a ride fast. <laughs> and he was like, we can do that. <laughs> oh, my um, God. Yeah. So And I'm, was, like, trying to put on a on clothing and, oh, my God. Yeah. And so I was very impressed that they listened to me. Um, I did tell them I was, I'm a midwife. I was like, I actually don't live here. I'm a midwife. I'm here as a friend. Yeah. But I am a midwife. She's a midwife. Um, and we just need to, like, get to the hospital. And <laughs> so they got you in pretty quickly. And I don't know if they have not been letting people ride along, but they seemed a little confused when we got there. You had to be like, she's riding with me. <laughs> like, I think I booted another guy's spot. Well, I think he wanted you. He did. And so on the way, he said... I'm going to defer to you if the baby comes before yeah. we get there. And I said, fantastic. Did and he like, say he had, like, never done that or something? Yeah, he said, I don't really have, I only have very limited experience. I've been to, like, one very medic birth in a very medical setting. Is yeah, that's Something awesome. Like that. Yeah, he was great. Um, and just, like, asked me, you could tell he, like, knew the questions to ask. Yeah. Um, and they were great. They, like, I think you said, like, there's no way I'm laying on that thing. <laughs> <laughs> And they were like, that's fine. Whatever is the most comfortable for you. They were great. Yeah, they were great. Oh, my God. If they had made me lay on my back, I don't know what I would have done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he got me out, like, a little OB kit on the way. Um, I listened to the doctor. Oh, he got me a Doppler, and I was like, I already got one. But he was like, okay. Oh, wow. I didn't know they had they one on there. They had one on there. Huh. Yeah. Huh. Um, and then just kept asking questions, and he called in to his person that was uh-huh. his contact. Like at the hospital? Um, yeah, letting him know. And then he thought they were going to bring you through the emergency department. Like Which made no sense. Even my in my insane brain, I was like, what on yeah. earth are they doing? I imagined like it was going to be like in and up. Yeah. So I didn't, I was like, can you advocate that we just go straight there? Yeah. And he was really cool. He's like, I'll totally, whatever you think is best, I'll tell them it's what we should do. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. I mean, it was just like... Part of it was probably luck, too, that, you know, this guy was really open-minded and humble, and um, he's like, I'm not going to try to start an IV on you, because we're, like, bumping around in this crazy ambulance, and I was like, yeah, and if you, I don't know if you heard me say, I was like, if you do need to, she's got great veins. (laughs) I mean, I have very, like, spotty memory of... (laughs) the conversation, but But he was was definitely chatty. needs that, yeah, he was very chatty. So, yeah, and then when we got there, I guess, um, you know, we ran into a nurse first who walked with us, and she, I was like, what information do you need? Yeah. Like, just tried to be, like, as proactive as yeah. possible. And she's like, well, I'm actually not an OB nurse. I'm just kind of, like, getting you where you're supposed to go. But once we get there, they'll want mm-hmm. more information, probably. So, I, the guy was, like, not walking fast enough. I don't think I've said this. So, mm-hmm. I was, like, pushing, like, really hard. Like, like running. Aww, like, I was pushing so it. Cute. I was, like, go faster! <laughs> oh, my God! Like, why are you walking so slow? Um, sorry, Ruby. I got a little excited there. And then when we got up to the room... Did we go up somewhere? We went on an elevator. Oh, my God. Did we really? <laughs> I don't even know. That's crazy. It was an elevator ride. Yes, and then got to the room, and then there was a nurse outside, and, I, and so I did the same thing again. I was like, hey, I'm Margo, I'm a midwife, I'm her friend, yeah. um, like, what do you guys need to know? Like, I can tell you whatever you need. 
And she was just kind of like flustered <laughs> also. Um, but I, so Did I he just, never get anyone pushing there? I mean, I know it's not like the I best know. time to arrive or anything, but. Right. And so I said, you know, we're just really worried about like the baby's heart rate and like, you know, she's been pushing forever and like nothing is changing. And she was like kind of taking it in and then a light flashed. Um, and she was like, oh, I have to run to another delivery. And that lady like bolted. <laughs> So you were already in the room. You weren't on the bed yet, though. And so she laughed, and then I went to try and find the next person I should try to tell. Oh, my gosh. Um, And it was just nurses. The doctor wasn't there quite yet. He showed up, like, 30 seconds later, I think. Um, So then I think I explained it to Kim, is probably who it was. Yeah. Heart rate, like, we need to know, like, right away, like, what is going on. Yeah. Um, So she was, like, fumbling around with that. And the doctor came in and also was wanting that. Um, and then there wasn't a lot of, like, they didn't really ask me anything else that yeah. I can remember. <clears throat> and so people were asking, like, oh, did you have to advocate for this or that or this or that? And I feel like it was more just, yeah, again, like, the feeling in the room of just, like, she was trying to get the thing on. And I was like, do you want me to help you? Like, and I wasn't asking, like, a bitchy way. Yeah. Was, like, do you need help? Yeah. She's like, oh, it's, I'm just trying to go so fast. And like, she's like, I think I got it. I was like, oh, yeah, I think you got it. Like, you know, I was like her cheerleader. So I was like kind of her doula for a minute. And then the doctor was trying to figure out the heart rate and if it was yours or not. Yeah. Um, and I was like standing watching and I actually was doing it too. Yeah. Which I actually didn't even think about till now. But he obviously didn't think was like disrespectful or anything. Oh, with the Doppler? No, I was feeling oh. one of your, like one of your wrists and he was feeling the other one. And I was like, it's not. It's not the same. I was like, that's the baby's. Yeah. Like, yeah, but yours is fast as hell or something. He said something right. funny. But yours is sure fast as hell. I can't remember. <laughs> but so it was like, it felt like. Yeah, we like all became team a team. Or, yeah. 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 And then, you know, I was, I feel like I just kind of stared at the monitor for a minute just being like, okay, like the baby's. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And then he's the one who said like, oh, looks like it's coming. So it all happened very fast. Right. Right, I know. Did she, were they gonna do an IV or like what? I feel like I heard her yeah, say something. Yeah, she's like, I'm gonna put in an IV. She hung the bag. I was not like capable. Yeah, and then he said, "Can I do an exam?" And then the story was funny. When I read it today, I was like, "Oh yeah, I like forgot he would have wanted you to be on your back." Yeah, I imagine he was just gonna do one, like on hands and knees. Right. Uh, but you're right. That's not probably what would have happened. Um, so that all happened just like within a minute or two. Yeah. So fast. So, yeah. So I don't know though. I was genuinely shocked when he was like gesturing like I should catch the baby then. But he obviously had some amount of. Somehow in those few minutes he picked up for me that I was like confident yes. and capable. I yeah. don't know. But I don't know why. So I don't know that I have a good answer for people. <laughs> Well, Other than, like, just being nice and trying to be helpful yeah. and encouraging. And I did say when we first got there, and maybe when he came in the room, I can't remember if I said it to him or not, but I remember saying at least a few times, like, we are so grateful to be here. Thank you guys so much. Yeah. You know, just, like, setting the tone from the beginning of, like, yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, the little things are so important, though. Oh, I forgot a part. Yeah. So I talked to the 911 guy, and then I also called ahead. To oh, the right. So right. I, I forgot about that. 
Yeah. I did call ahead and she had some more questions. Did, like, how did you get the number that fast Googled. or whatever? Go to Google. Fueled it so fast. Yeah. And called the hospital labor and delivery floor. And um, said, like, hey, we're coming in. Here's what's going on. Um, and she said, well, if the baby comes before you get here, yeah. just can you give us a call? Let us know. Yeah. <laughs> so, so funny. So we're not, like, waiting for you. So it's funny. Like, she totally expected the baby to just, it sounded like. Right. You know? Um. And so maybe they had a heads up that it was, and I think I told her on the phone too, like, yeah. you know, she's a midwife, I'm a midwife. Just had lots of home births. Um, we had like more of a conversation than the nine other huh. guy because, yeah. because he didn't know anything about birth. Right. Um, so I wonder if she kind of, I hadn't really thought of that. I wonder if she kind of set up yeah. the team being like, hey, here's who's coming in. Yeah. Um, Still though, like. I know we'd love to think they care, but I feel like I'm still shocked if they did. Because I feel like once you're on their turf, my understanding has always been, you know, like you get what they do because that's why you're going. So I still feel like I can't quite understand where they decided to like not do, even if it was like for their own liability or something. Yeah. And I think, you know, people ask me like, well, did you advocate for that or did you have to like hold space to like keep them away and I think um there's this thing called strengths quest my friend Nikki shout out if you're listening Nikki um, I just I did a session with her this year um and I've looked at it before like it shows you your strengths and one of mine is strategizing oh. and so for me like the lady who wanted to give you the blanket and like you know encourage you to drive the baby off and, mm-hmm. Like wanted to listen to his heart rate, like I didn't step in right that second because I felt like, you know, like, let okay, it go, let it go, and wanted to see what you were gonna do first. Yeah, and you totally took care of it. Yeah, but I was ready to if I needed to. So I guess that's part of advice I would give people is like, don't that's jump really good. in the first second, like let all defensive. Mom, yeah, and like assuming the mom can't do it, like give them a chance, and if they can't like find the gentlest way yeah i I think she's actually and maybe i did say that oh i think she's fine you know just like just really like low-key right Um, no like she doesn't want that get out of here (laughs) nancy (laughs) well i mean i've totally seen people act that way and worse at hospital verse i'm sure you have like doulas totally disrespectful and embarrassing yeah and it's like i get that that's your job nancy but (laughs) Um, so, so yeah, I think it was just, it was, I was, it's cool because I did the live a couple weeks ago about like being at birth with you and yeah. it feels so different. So I think it would have been different if it was one of my clients who's not you, Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, so I feel like I've now gotten to see how different it is to be with you in that setting too. I guess, I guess we needed that, huh? We needed that. And to show people what is possible because... You were just so confident that I didn't. I didn't feel like I had to do anything. I didn't want to leave the room. No, I know. I didn't want you to. I like. I was so glad you came. You have no idea. I know. It was. Yeah. I didn't want to not go with you. Um, because I still felt like maybe if I leave, they'll like bombard you with something or something. Uh, I had to pee at one point. I was like, I'm not going pee. <laughs> I am still yeah. Like, even when it was all calm and good afterwards. 
Yeah, I think we were like a double barrier. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, I remember thinking even when, like, whoever called, Jason or you, I mean, I remember hearing him say he wanted you to go. Because I remember him saying, like, you're going to help her better than me. And I was so, in ag- I didn't have words, but I didn't really want him to go. Yeah. I mean, I did in some other ways. I was kind of like, oh, my God, he's not going to go. Right. But then I was like, no, wait a minute. Like, that's silly because he has no idea. Yeah. I know. Now that I'm thinking about it, like, it's like a fierce calmness, I guess, is what I feel like both of us were able to, like, be. And, like, if that shows up in your room, yeah, like, that's not something you trifle with. I would love to think that's exactly what happened. Like, here we are. We would like your help. Oh, wait, never mind. We're fine. <laughs> Right. <laughs> no, it's almost funny. Yeah, and if you had needed something. Yeah. Yeah, and and I was ready to accept help. So I I'm. What you said. I just need you to help me get the baby. That's out. all I said. When yeah, I don't even know what he asked, or maybe he didn't even ask me. I just said the baby needs to come out. Yes. Help me get the baby out. Mm-hmm. Oh man, what a wild ride. That was crazy. But it really does make me feel like, I don't know what all the changes will bring, but it makes, I mean, we have like the doula course that we put out last year, which we both do have doula experience, Yeah. but admittedly not a ton. So it's really interesting that we would find ourselves there. Yeah. And it makes me kind of feel like I should go be a doula every day. (laughs) Like if it could be like that and like change things. Totally. It's amazing. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I think we'll think a lot about what the recipe is or isn't or if there is one, Mm -hmm. because it definitely feels like there are lots of things to explore. And I think there's also it's like birth, you know, there's also just a lot of like, I think there was a lot of grace. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of. Yeah, it was just pure magic. And I knew this baby was magic. And I knew his birth would be magic. I just never in my like little human brain of like hospital birth is bad mm-hmm. ever imagined that that would be the magic that he brought to my life. So, cool. so I feel so like humbled and lucky actually. And, you know, I hope, well, I know it will like kind of ripple out for us both in all the ways and help us help people better, which is really what I feel like it's about. But it really reaffirms for me, too. Like, yes, and I think it's going to be cool to see how it grows and shifts and changes things. But, you know, one of the main things we talk about, both in 13 Moons and the Birth Warrior Project, is, like, you know, so we call it different things, but, like, the clarity method or the client clarity method. Like, right. helping people get really clear so that they have that strength and that, like, vision. Right. Which the details might change, but, like, the feeling remaining the same a la Danielle Laporte, you know, and so it's kind of cool because I feel like that was really it. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly what I think. Like, again, it's only in my brain if I were to put a label on it that it feels outside of myself in an uncomfortable way, you know, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. But the internal feeling, that's what I wanted for my birth. I was going to ask you, I know it's getting long here, but I'm sure people are riveted. <laughs> Maybe they're eating popcorn, I don't know. 
something. Twizzlers. Um, before the birth, yeah. you know, when we were like hiking the week I was here beforehand, being like, what are you envisioning for this? Or what are you wanting? And you were just kind of like, I just kind of want to be mostly alone. Like, I, I wonder, I mean, and like you just said, it was calmer than if you had been here and had nine children yeah. run in. Yeah, I mean, I said on my last podcast, which was like, I called it like the spiritual journey of the end of pregnancy. I kind of outlined the vision there and it's kind of eerie. Like it's, I mean, it sounds terrible, but I know it's, it's not really like my vision was to be alone and not have people in my bubble. And I meant my kids largely as much as I love them. I just didn't want to pay attention to anyone outside of the bubble. So that was like the vision I was holding, which is so strange because that's really exactly what I got. I mean, well, even like that photo of good old Kim, like, yeah, she's not touching you, but her hands, if you go check out the photo, okay, <laughs> like you can see her hands like near your bubble. Yeah. Like she didn't want you to fall off the bed, which is hilarious. But like she like there was totally a protective right. bubble. Right. And. I mean, even Jason and the kids, like, they're so close to me. I mean, you are too, but I knew that you would be, like, behind a camera or, like, it just had a different feeling where I had even told you, like, I don't mind if you're in here, but I just, I don't want to respond energetically to anyone. And so that's exactly what I got because I didn't give Kim the time of day. I didn't give doctor the time of day. I didn't have my husband there where I felt like I had to say something. I know this all sounds like so weird in a way. I've just had so many bursts where like the baby comes out and like, I don't give a hundred percent. And that was my envisioning with him, which is like, I was going to give him like a hundred percent. So that's totally what happened. I know. I can't wait to tell you share some more of those other angles. And like, (laughs) it's just amazing. Like just the sweetest photos you kissing him and there's like these weird things in the background but like there's no one in the picture yeah it's amazing yeah you know it really is and down to like I mean everything we've talked about just like the placenta birth like that's always been super important to me like nothing got nothing got sacrificed Mm -hmm. that's such a good way of putting it yeah like I didn't compromise anything I wanted I got exactly what I wanted. It just happened to be in this strange place 20 minutes from my house. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's like down to like, I wasn't even uncomfortable, like birthing on a bed, like on my hands and knees. Like I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It really was. I'm glad that you flashed more of it out. Yeah, that was so fun and also just like therapeutic, therapeutic birth storytelling. Yeah, if people have more questions, they should toss them our way. I feel like we've probably covered them all, most of them, and more. But yeah, I think there's, there's a lot there. There's more to talk about eventually. I think. Oh, for sure. For sure. Cool. Well, any last links or anything you wanna? give out oh well i mean we mentioned some of the things so birth warrior project is indiebirth.org slash birth warrior project uh 13 moons is a great course i'm sure i'm imagining we'll eventually put together some of your labor footage plus the photos and 
like make a kind of video montage, montage kind of thing um and which will eventually be added i'm sure to 13 moons as well our parent course um indiebirth.org slash 13 moons if you want to become a midwife which you know <laughs> it's a wild ride yeah for real <laughs> Watch what you ask for. That's right, indiebirthmidwiferyschool.org. And uh, yeah, I think that's it. Great. Thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah.